0: Free is our favorite word, huh. like free refills. At Morgan & Morgan, our <laughs> fee is free. You don't pay anything unless we win your case. Injured? Call Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. It's free! Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Seven. What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means.
1: I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? yeah
0: That's what we call a sack lunch. Mm-hmm. Get me the ball. You need the ball.
1: Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Yeah!
0: Between living and dying. Yeah! Welcome into 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Arouse, joined by adam luckett uh this is this is awesome I, we're we're using a new technology for the first time luckett i feel like a kid on the first day of school getting to uh actually it's probably a bad comparison because you're usually well no you're excited for the first day of school you get to see your classmates for the first time uh get to try new things and we're trying a new thing today and we're, and we're really excited about it
1: yeah we've we've got a little ticker here uh, <laughs> oh. a nice little background um our two ugly mugs are kind of messing up the little pretty show we got
0: going on here, but yeah,
1: big, big steps forward here for Kentucky sports radio um, and the 11 personnel podcast.
0: Yeah. It's the first anniversary of on three. So we're upgrading. If you haven't done so already, I know a lot of you are listening on Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, but now you can watch us on YouTube. Uh, Subscribe to the KSR digital channel today. Um, to subscribe, subscribe, like, subscribe, comment, share, do all that fun stuff. We're going to be here all season long providing a ton, of, a ton of content so you can watch us talk on the podcast or whatever it might be. We're going to have plenty for you. We've got plenty to talk about today because training camp starts this week for the Kentucky football team. We've got some big recruiting news. Grant Godfrey has pledged his allegiance to the Big Blue Nation. That was a huge stunner. Um, lots of good news to get to, but we're going to start by previewing fall camp, which I still call fall camp it, because that's what I've just grown accustomed to, even though it's in August. But fall camp is starting uh, this week. Uh, they, they'll go with their helmets only, and then hopefully we'll get some shells for an open practice on Saturday and fan day. Uh, but there's there's a lot happening, it, a lot to discuss, and uh, particularly on the depth chart. We're not going to get a depth chart. Until week one arrives, that well, I've
1: already, I've already got the depth chart. You don't need to wait till week one, it's, yeah, it's out it, there.
0: You so don't even need
1: radio.com We got offense, defense, fully broken down, too deep, all the way through, all 22 positions.
0: And it's going to have more details than Mark says. He's going to have a bunch of oars in there, and a, but you don't need all that. Look, well, it's got it covered for you. But I'm curious, like, when you're going through this depth chart. What were some of the more difficult decisions you had to make, the more challenging ones? We know Will Levis is going to be quarterback one. But outside of that, what are some of those position battles you're going to be keeping an eye on during fall camp?
1: Yeah, uh, Running back is first one that really sticks out. Outside of Chris Rodriguez, we all know he's RB1. But who's RB2? Uh, you had Ramon Jefferson, FCS All-American transfer, added to the roster late June. So that's a very new development. We don't know much about him. Uh, you look at Jaton McClain, obviously coming back for his junior season, high expectations. You go on down the list. If I see smoke, Nick's been, he's played a lot in three three, se- three seasons. He'll be retro redshirt senior this year. So after his redshirt year, he played a lot in 2019, played a lot in 2020, played a lot last fall. Um, but last time we saw him, he was buried on the depth chart in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't hear much about him at all in spring ball, and he was like the fifth running back. see the field in the spring game. Um, Michael Drennan, second year playing running back. He was a big, significant blue-chip recruiting win. Um, They're at the end of the 2020 class. One of the banner kind of commits they got there in that 2020 class. And then you add in Lavelle Wright, who's a guy, if you talk to people within the program, they have gushed over this kid. Mm -hmm. Um, Another another guy from that North Harden pipeline. I mean, it seems like every player they get from North Harden has turned into a player in Lexington. Um, And there's another one on the other side of the ball we're going to get to in a little bit. But he's kind of the guy I think we're really going to be kind of focused in on here in fall camp. Um, Rich Gangarello just went on with Tom Leach on Friday um, and really gushed about Lavelle. Um, Mm -hmm. Said he think he's really close to kind of taking that next step and becoming a a legitimate player for them. And overall, that running back position in general, like they're going to have to use them, use those players a lot. Like all these guys can play, you know, they can play a little bit. Yeah, um, so yeah. Maximizing that position with formation groups, um, personnel structures, uh, make sure they get everything out of them. And then obviously the elephant in the room, how much time does robbery yes miss? And then they become even more important, especially that week two game against Florida. Um, if your are you clear RB, RB one, a potential all American candidate is not in the lineup.
0: Well, and the, the, the thing you, you bring up about, right. It, it brings me back to kind of last year with Liam Cohen, his, his favorite guy to talk about was Jatan McLean, um, but we didn't get to see a ton of him. I, I almost forgot about Ramon Jefferson. I mean, there is a ton of guys out there. Um, and, and when I was going through the, the UK record book, if you want to check it out, it's kind of fun. And I, when I was a kid, I was a nerd. I'd read through all that stuff in the media guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Kavasi, smoke his average yards per carry. I don't know off the top of my head, but I think it's sixth best in school history. So like, uh, you know, they, there's a lot to work with there. Uh, I, I'm curious between Wright and McLean, which one will end up being the more talked about because they are pass catchers, and I think that's what Scangarillo is going to like out of them. But a lot of 22 personnel this fall, Luckett. I think we're going to get a lot of the two tights uh, and two running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I'm, I'm just curious which which one's going to pop when Scangarillo takes the mic at various points. Um, and I'm curious also who's going to be leading the way. That left tackle position, Luckett, we, we've hammered it quite a bit. The, the one thing I, I, I will say, you've got a couple different options there. I feel like David Wallaball is going to be the, here's what happens if things go wrong. You can move this guy at right. or Swing right tackle. tackle. Yes, he he's swing tackle. But he's not going to be the starter. So how does Keontae Goodwin potentially fit into this rotation? Uh, is DeAndre Buford ready to step up? I mean, the, they they have the talent. I mean, Wallabaugh is the only one who's not a four or five star. Um, so there's plenty of guys there, uh, but ultimately I, I think even though they did pursue Tyler Steen in the transfer portal, they did kind of get a vote of confidence by saying, you know what, like we're just we're 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 gonna we're we're sticking with our guys. We like our team, and, and I I think that does give me enough confidence to know that that they have some dudes in there to make sure that it's not going to be a complete liability uh, this fall.
1: Yeah, I think that's publicly like. In the mainstream, kind of talking of Kentucky football, that's the big one. They you get know, hooked left tackle and tackle yeah. in general. Just how mm-hmm. are they there? I think it's important to realize Kentucky's not going to use many five-man protection schemes this season. With <laughs> the use of that tight end position, with the use of the running back, yeah, um, it's going to be can typical shift stuff. Slide well, it's going to be typical NFL offense. You're going to have a lot of six, seven-man protections. This isn't Joe Burrow LSU where they're just getting in four or five wide their five-man protection and letting the quarterback pick them apart. It's not really going to be like that. It's going to be a lot of, you know, moving the pocket, setting up deep shot plays, having specific shot plays called so you have the protection set up for all that so you can absorb any type of stunt you might get from a defense. So I think that's they're going to protect the tackles in general mm-hmm. is kind of what I'm getting at there. I don't think there's going to be many situations where these guys are an island, but there are going to be times when it's third down, you got to throw the ball and you need them to hold up. So yeah. that's what you're going to need to see from DeAndre Buford, Jeremy Flax, Keontae mm-hmm. Goodwin, I think, is a guy we need to keep an eye on here, fall camp. Yep. Um, if He's if one. one. If game one turns into a potential fourth-quarter runaway, that was obviously the huge recruit last yeah. year. Um, you have to think they're going to try to get him in in there to see what they have with him early. And if he can become kind of a rotational piece there with Wallaball, that gives you – insurance right yeah um, well you really well, you really need one of these you need one of Buford or Flax to really hit and to be that guy all right we got a guy we can build with who can potentially i kind of an all fc type player for us but in the meantime we don't have to worry about him he's a quality starter and then you have, then you have three other guys in the other position where you can just figure it out
0: mm-hmm. yeah but and-
1: you really need one of them to lock it down uh, this camp and this season, really, um, DeAndre Buford, I think, Nick, kind of fits their blueprint there. Redshirt sophomores have that's been a popular year, year three, for a guy to step into a starting role and really kind of own it. Uh, we saw it with Ken Yeah. Eli Cox. It's there's two of them on the offensive line right now. We've seen it with others. That's when Luke Fortner really got in the lineup and started to play. Mm-hmm. So that's really kind of the year you start to see it that's kind of their development plan at that position and if if Buford can solve that that really it not only answers a position now it answers it for the next three years where you have that kind of lockdown and then you really only then if you hit on Keontae Goodwin or even Ball at all then you could potentially have a situation next year where you're really deep at tackle a position that it's hard to be deep at yeah so he's he's one of the more important players I think for Kentucky going into this year if he can really kind of be a solid player, it really puts them in a great shape, not just for this year, but really long-term at that
0: position. Well, and, and the schedule allows Goodwin to be able to chunk up a lot of the, that, that valuable experience that he needs. Um, you know, aside from Florida in week two, your entire month of September, I think it's, it's just FCS and action, you know, like just go out there and, and be able to get some quality because, I have a feeling, look at a sneaky suspicion. He's going to get some of those. All right. It's series three. It's still a close game. Let's see how you do against the first team pass. Yeah, he's going to get a
1: predetermined series, right? I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our first month of the season, especially just to see, just to see where he's at. He was in here for the spring. So mm-hmm. an established, um, we all know he's got uh, the physical skill set. He's got betrayed. the work
0: ethic. It's just the reps. Just just yeah. show us the reps. And then that's, that's really what it, the, the whole left tackle in general it's we haven't seen the reps it's all been in practice it's all been away from the field it's got all, the recruiting every, every other checkbox is is crossed off now you got to go do it on the football field and you know like it you you talked about the the registered sophomore it's kind of year three for this offensive lines a big year for them it's not the case with the wide receivers and as much as we are ex- we we know that Tavion Robinson is going to step in and get a lot of targets in that slot receiver position, right? Who's next? You know, yeah. there's there there's there's a lot of dudes um you can run through the list, but who is next? Who's going to be that that second wide receiver to get a lion share of the touches? Look at you got to make a bold prediction today. All right, receptions. Uh-uh. Yeah, let's go purely receptions. Who has the second most receptions on this team besides Tavion Robinson in 2022? Bold prediction. Well, it's not a receiver. It's a tight end.
1: Oh! But we can get, we'll we get into that in a
0: minute. But, like,
1: wide receiver, like, if you want to talk receiver, obviously Tavion is going to be wide receiver one in the mm-hmm. offense. I, I don't think people need to overthink that. The Shanahan-McVay offense is very slot receiver driven. Um, part of the reason Mark Stoops – hung his hat on this scheme um, was historically Kentucky's been able to find good slot receivers mm-hmm. um, and they can, and this offense unlocks them and allows them to really kind of carry a passing game. Um, so I think Tavion Robinson's going to step in and you're not going to see the Wando Robinson numbers, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he pushes 70 receptions this year, Nick. Yeah. yeah. I think he's going to be a huge part of the offense. Now wide receiver next to him, you know, Dane key I think has kind of got that, that next position locked up and he's kind of the true ex receiver we've talked about. Right. Uh, that can line into the bound line up into the boundary and beat one on one press coverage and make tough catches. I think that's what he's gonna provide the offense now. It's going it's his first year playing. Um so the bar should be low. You typically, Nick, you don't see true freshmen really come out in the SEC and you don't see the Rondell Moore year like he had at Purdue as a true freshman. Right, right. Typically, it takes them a little bit. So, like, the bar, I think we need to be very careful with Dan Key here. I think expectations are high for him. But I think best-case scenario might just be, you know, 35 receptions, 500 yards, something like that, which is is solid. I mean, that's a
0: great year for most Kentucky receivers. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think he's
1: he's the second guy there. But, really, you need a third. You got to have a third guy. I think tight end kind of their depth there kind of eliminates some of that and how they're going to use running back at tight end. Um, but the biggest position battle in this camp, um, obviously we're all going to be watching Key and Barry and Brown. Um, yep. and the latter specifically is going to have to have some schemed-up touches, I think, weekly. They just got to find ways to get the ball in his hands because he a- has a certain level of juice that they just haven't had around here in a long time.
0: Three three touches minimum, I think, a week per Barry, for Barry and Brown.
1: Right. But the big one is kind of Demarcus Harris versus Chris Lewis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You've got a redshirt freshman and a redshirt junior. You need one of those guys to be a a dependent player for you that you can depend on weekly. Um, And you kind of need it to be an upgrade over what you had last year, wide receiver three. Mm -hmm. Last year you kind of had Isaiah Epps in a revolving door. Uh, DeMarcus Harris got in there a little bit. You need Chris Lewis or DeMarcus Harris to be a better wide receiver three this year. And that's really – um, I think that's a real key in the offense because if they get that, it kind of, it'll balance out yeah. the true freshman growing pains I think Dan key could possibly have. Um, and it won't too, put too much pressure on uh, the tight end and position and Tavion Robinson there in the slot. So having one of these guys really step up, I think it's going to be key. And there's, we've heard good things said about both Demarcus Harris and Chris Lewis. Like if you look at any workout video with Will Levis, DeMar- mm-hmm. uh, Chris Lewis was always there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think that's a good sign. it's a guy we've all we all liked a lot coming out of high school. He was kind of the big X receiver that they got recruiting wise. And then now yeah. the Yankees he's kind of taking over. Um but if you if you can find a way to get consistent play out of either one of them, it would be a huge win. And I think it would have a big impact on the offense.
0: Yeah, and Harris is a guy that Levis talked about developing the trust with him this offseason. Um that trust, that's a big word because there for a while last year, he got the yips. Um at the beginning of the year. I mean, he, there's just no other way to put it. He dropped a pass and it just kind of snowballed. So mm-hmm. uh the consistency is the big key there. I know with Lewis, Lewis, it was a lot about developing physically. I mean, that's even, just so skinny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he has the athletic tools. I mean, he was the Birmingham athlete of the year. He was all state in football and basketball. Like mm-hmm. this kid, he's got the competitive juice, he's a bulletin board material guy. Like, uh, I, long term, we've we've discussed this. He has what it takes. How quickly though is he going to make that jump? Right. We're going to be paying attention for him. That for that him
1: point. too, Nick. It's kind of a big year for Chris Lewis to stake down a spot with the yes. way they're recruiting receivers, mm-hmm. like mark quarters Porter. coming in. And he's, he's an ex-receiver, and he's a dude. Yeah. So, and he might be a little more physically mature at this point in it, mm-hmm. in his career. So he's going to be coming in, and he can play. And if Dan Keys,
0: the real kind deal, of what's you're, been leaked you're out. Behind.
1: Yeah, so this is a big, big year, I think, for Chris Lewis to kind of stake down a spot. And so that's that's an underrated kind of development, I think, to notice because so Kentucky's recruiting receivers at kind of a different level than they've ever had. And so it's going to put pressure um, a little bit on that room. So big year um, for number for number 89 there, a redshirt freshman out of Birmingham.
0: Yeah. Uh- I want to go to the defense to talk about position battles, but I'm curious though, which tight end? Is, is it going to be Upshaw? I think in the last week, I've just talked myself into Isaiah Keen's just having a monster season. I think mm. I, like that all, take, all, like it. I like that take.
1: We've talked about this guy, Nick, since he was senior at male, and we've all said, you know, he could play receiver, but if they move into tight end, he could be a real weapon. Like an NFL, he can be a draft pick. And we saw some signs of it last year, I think. Caught three touchdowns. Um, had 14, 15 receptions, but he missed some time there at the end, um, had dealt with injuries. But I just think he's going to be a real important part of this offense because of that positional versatility, um, because of how he can flex out, he can do some of the HVAC stuff that they want to do. He can block, which is yeah. going to help them scheme up some play-action pass stuff. Um, I just think there's a lot there with him, and he can, he can, in a pinch, he can line up into the boundary as an X receiver and win some stuff for you. Um, so I think him a year in the weight room, he's got to add some weight mm-hmm. on junior season. I think he's just going to have confidence. a big year. Keaton Upshaw. I think everybody that's a more popular one, I would say, but that, I think there's real injury concerns there with him. Um he missed I mean, he played in the spring, but we saw him. He just didn't look the same. Um, coming right. from coming back from that pectoral injury. So he's kind of a little bit of a wild card, I think there, um, but I think Cummings is going to have a
0: real big role in the offense. Well, and, in in Cummings' case, you know, with Upshaw, we saw a few flashes. But I think we get more we, – we've seen more consistent. Like, I, I feel like I can rely on Isaiah Cummings a little bit more. He had that big block down at South Carolina to, to spring free a Cavassie smoke touchdown. You know, he, he's played physical. Even though in his body, it didn't look ready for that moment. Um, and now – you feel like this is the year for the Louisville kid, and that would not only be huge for yeah. Kentucky's recruiting cases in Louisville, like, hey, male kids, look well, what your boy's doing. And he's also going to look like a badass this year wearing number eight, changing up his number. Going to look real good on and up at the Have a single-digit action, yeah. yeah. Um, right. Him and J.J. Weaver kind of teamed together.
1: Uh, it's been like three, four years now, Nick, where they've kind of had their way in the city of Louisville recruiting. Mm-hmm. But they need, like, these guys to produce. Um, and I think Cummings and Weaver can both become draft picks. And if, they, if they're two guys, if Kentucky has a big season like people think they can have and these guys play big roles in that on both sides of the ball, that's a huge selling point, yeah, I think, yeah. in that city. And especially with Louisville, um, the California Cardinals down there, um, not not recruiting the city a whole lot. It, it, it can widen the gap a little bit there uh, for, for Kentucky in recruiting. Um, now you look out these next this next class, the two classes might not be great, but you never know when, when that could change or when a, you could have a big big type year of talent wise in that city. So I think that that's an important development to, to get to get some of these local kids, get them playing at a high level and get, potentially get them drafted, and continue kind of your in-state um, recruiting ownership they've kind of had the last couple of years. and maybe even make it an even wider
0: margin. To flip it to the other side of the football, I think there's a couple obvious position battles, and the most obvious is that cornerback locket. And it's safe. I think it's we can safely say that Carrington Valentine and Kedron Smith are going to be quarterbacks one and two. But outside of that, you're really throwing a lot up against the wall. And when I mean a lot, I mean a lot. Kentucky's added a lot of players this offseason and a lot of guys from unusual backgrounds. Uh, Jordan Robinson got lost in the shuffle in the COVID year, went to a D2 school, and then Kentucky found him at Livingstone College and was like, all right, let's 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 see what you got. Um, London Craft played for three different coaches at Mississippi State in five years and was a walk-on for the majority of it, but started in eight games in 2020. 2020. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got a, a lot of experience there. Uh, and, and in addition to that, you you, you just – the talent that you've brought in through the recruiting ranks, you know, what's Drew Phillips going to look like once he gets more logs. So I, I, and not only with Drew, but there's like seven other guys um that are in their first or second year where you just don't know what they're going to bring to the table. And you have to find a third guy somewhere. And I I just, I, I have no idea who it's going to be. Nobody would shock me in this group. Let's start with what's established here. Carrington Valentine's returning after starting
1: Every game last year, played nearly 800 snaps. He's got a spot locked down. Um, and then over at the other cornerback spot, I think you're going to see kind of position battle between Keetron Smith and Andrew Phillips. I think we all expect Smith, the old Miss transfer, to win that battle. Um, but but Phillips is huge here, Nick, because they need mm-hmm. a rotational corner to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you look at the rest of the room, you talk, talked about kind of odd um, or different kind of recruitments or backgrounds like Elijah Reed also fits that. Yeah, you know, switch position, super senior in high school, mm-hmm. and now, and he ends up at Kentucky, and he, I think he made a big splash there in the spring, but he's a very much a development prospect. Him and Andre Stewart both are two signees they're true cornerbacks, um, and then we don't know uh, about Alex Afari, yeah, or Kobe Albert. I think Kobe Albert's a true safety. Yeah, um, Afari
0: was a big recruiting win out of Cincinnati. Feels like a nickel slot, kind of yeah. Like in the I, box, I, could, a little... I could
1: see that, but I could also see him being, you know, using that length and just putting him at boundary corner.
0: Well, yeah.
1: That too. So, how they use him is going to be, I think, interesting to follow here. But really, with a big one, you need Phillips to emerge here as a retro sophomore and be a a contributor, right? A contributor for them. And then, I think the nickel is obviously a huge one, huge one here. Uh, that position battle. Vito um, Tisdale. What this would be his spot?
0: Yeah, he was going to be a bone. Time still delivered, year. right? Yeah. And, and yeah. A,
1: a bunch of reps and. Because like Vito missed a lot of practice time. Yeah, you know, He was a true freshman, didn't come in for the spring, shows up late. Um, he, then he missed all of spring last year, All most of fall camp with the off-field off arrests and the charges end up being dropped, comes back in the middle of the season. Then he comes to spring. You were hoping a full spring, full fall camp, and really you. the signs were there where he could have maybe took a big jump forward as mm-hmm. a player. But he's out now towards ACL in the spring. And so that put them in a little bit of a bind. Um, They go out and beat TCU in Washington um, for Texas State transfer Zion Childress. He started two years for Texas State at kind of a safety and nickel role. And then he's in a big position battle, I think, with Joe Williams, Mm -hmm. junior out of Baton Rouge with a four-star recruiting win 2020.
0: You loved his tape. I loved his tape coming
1: out of high school. (laughs) It's just, for whatever reason, it hadn't stick. But this is kind of the last dance, I think, for Joe Williams.
0: Well, and like he, he also was a guy who missed a lot of practice time too. He's got to right. make up for it and He he's missed like, time in the spring. He's he's got to get healthy, and he's got to he's got to take his medicine, as Stoops yeah. likes to put it. Um, it's
1: it's now. I, I think for Joel, I think it's it's kind of now or no. Like you got to yeah. now is the time. So that's this is going to be one thing. One of the more it should be more, one of the more intense battles. I think in this camp, like it should be a legit battle. Like who's getting that that nickel spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also important because you got to realize early if you can hold up there or not. If you can't, then you're going to have to make some personnel moves, potentially Jalen Geiger moving him back down to nickel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a key in this whole thing, I think, back in the back end is Jordan Lovett, the, another North Harden guy like we talked about. He really shined there, Nick, in the spring. Yeah, um, Surprisingly, yeah. I think a lot of people, you kind of dig into his recruiting profile – Ton of ball skills. He led the nation in interceptions his junior season. He was kind of late to the game of football, but he's got some real um, athletic traits here. He's he's already over two hundred pounds, six one, six two. He's got really good speed. It seems like can really close down. a Physical, uh, willing tackler. I think there's a lot there. Would love it. I think he could be a potential star on their defense. And if he if that light comes on, you know, and he kind of takes the te- next step, it, it could be a situation where They just can't keep him off the field. Like, he's got to play somewhere. That could cause some shuffling there in the back end.
0: Well, and as Mark Stoops put it, you know, with some of those guys, that in the back of the defense, a lot of it can't be taught. A lot of it's instincts. and He's got the instincts, right? He's got the instincts. And he's also, if he's making a mistake, it's an overly aggressive mistake. That's what you love to see. Just somebody who's willing to do whatever it takes to make the big hit, to make the big play. It's kind of like Vito Tisdale, which – I know we're not going to see him uh, wrecking any dudes. I mean, he hurt himself in the Citrus Bowl. He tackled a guy so
1: Envisioning hard. <laughs> Envisioning
0: it. and Tisdale on a defense together. Oh, man. Just so much fun. I mean, that is, thats is
1: – we're not going to see it this year. We're going to have to wait till 2023. Yeah. But when that happens and both those guys should be able to play two years together, mm-hmm. you're just going to see some fun. closing speed and some hits that you just haven't seen from a Kentucky defense. And it's going to make that, those zone windows a lot smaller.
0: We're not going to get to see Vito actually on the field this year, but he, when we've been at practice like it, that dude is still being Vito Tisdale, like hopping around on one leg on the sideline, trying to like get people hyped. And oh, he's, when he's at uh, Kroger Field this fall, he's going to walk over to the Louisville student section and throw his L's down. Like he's still going to be chirping. It's just going to be with a brace around his knee on the side. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can, you can take the Vito off the field, but you can't take the field out of the Vito. A little, uh, some, some chirping on crutches. <laughs> it's going to be great, but yeah, we'll, I mean, go back I, I to do, uh, the twenty fifteen Governors Cup when you had like Drew Barker and them.
1: <laughs> the one, the one, uh, yeah, but the one, like, obviously you don't want anyone to be injured, but at least the veto injury happened as early as it did, so you had time to kind of go to the portal, find a quality player, mm-hmm. and he's going to be, he should be back for spring ball, even yeah. if it's not a hundred percent. He should be able to do, do most act team activities
0: well it's, it's kind of similar to getting uh jacques jones from the portal last year where when when jackson got right d jack got hurt and I now mean, you look at this year you're the depth is freaking loaded it. there right. yeah because we don't need to talk about position battles at linebacker because it's out it's, it's deep established yep defensive line we don't know who's going to be like it that's going to be a two-man rotation that's about committee approach uh so really a lot of the position battles are on the back end but like it i want to i want to change things up slightly um you can we can go big picture here or we can go individual player but who does need to improve the most in in your eyes uh going into this fall camp you've got I, i'm i bad on the days the number of practices and all that stuff but who needs to take the biggest leap from day one until kickoff against miami of ohio yeah you mentioned the cornerback position
1: um and just a secondary in general how they've they just they're, – they're throwing stuff at the wall with some of the additions, it feels like, from the transfer portal. They're just like, we got to have bodies at least to mm-hmm. give us options. Um, and that that works. But the only way, like, the really only way I think a cornerback becomes, like, a solid position for Kentucky this year is Carrington Valentine takes a big jump forward. So, junior, played a little bit as a true freshman, started a ton last year, um, probably started a year early in his development, probably needed another year kind of to add strength in the weight room. He's a junior now. He's had an, an extra offseason in the program. Like you need to see him take a jump forward. He's got to be one of Kentucky's better defensive players this year um, for them to really kind of improve there and not be a total weakness there on the back end. Because if he's good, then you then that other corner position becomes maybe lesser of a worry. You feel yeah. like it has a high floor, at least with Giedron Smith um, and then safety. It becomes, I guess, you know, you're losing some star power with Corker. That becomes maybe Lester if you get some big-time play from Carrington Valentine. But he's the key. I mean, he's really got to take a step forward for Kentucky this year because they they need him there because they had a lot of guys, but they're still not very deep, Nick. Yeah. You know, they, they, I mean, they got three guys, I think, at cornerback where they're they're probably thinking they can play this year. So you need um, Carrington Valentine to really have a big season and be, well, be someone you can depend on weekly to make some plays for you.
0: And, and I think the big thing with him, Luckett, is – just don't be a liability, you know. Like I, I, I remember my, my friend who's a Louisville fan. I know I make we all make bad choices, but he used to play a game. It was uh, take a drink every time Fred Tiller gets burned. Sorry, Fred Tiller, don't mean to be throwing strays your way, but that's just kind of the nature. Like there's been plenty of guys throughout the year that we've watched Kentucky football. It's an older generation mostly that used to watch those cats where the secondary got burnt time and time and time again. And that, that can't be the case because it happened all too often in that Tennessee game last year. You just have to be solid. Uh you I, I not even a boss man fat let's go pick off four or five passes in seven games or whatever it may be, but you can't be getting picked on. And last year they really picked on Valentine a lot and that it showed. <laughs> you know well, it, it showed
1: let's call what Kentucky is like they <laughs> Not a lot of cover one bump and run going on.
0: No, not at all.
1: He's going to play, you know, he's going to be in a zone-heavy scheme, but that's going to require him to come up and make tackles. Mm -hmm. Um, When the time comes where they need him to come be physical and make a tackle, he needs to make a tackle. He missed too many of those last year. Um, When he finds himself at the top of a route, he's got to make some plays on the ball. Didn't make very many plays on the ball last year. Um, So that's really what they need uh, from him. Um, Some more, some physicality and being able to play through some things, but they also need him durability. Like he's going to have to play a lot of snaps again. Like Mm -hmm. playing near 800 snaps last year was pretty, was not fair to him. It's
0: remarkable. Yeah.
1: You know, especially
0: (laughs) in a position that runs so much. Well, and it's actually
1: in a position where you got to have unfiltered, just man confidence. (laughs) And if you, if you're, if your confidence is shaky, that's, not great at that position because you're mm-hmm. put on an island a lot. Even in a zone heavy defense like Kentucky's, you're going to find yourself in some one-on-one situations where you either got to make a play in coverage or make a tackle. Yeah. Uh, and so for him, I think that's really I think from it's a physicalness, I would say.
0: Yeah, which making which tackles,
1: comes... making plays uh right. through bigger body receivers, especially if they keep him at that boundary corner, Nick. You're gonna be facing six three. 6'4", big physical X receivers weekly. Oh, and not only that, you're going to be facing guys who with speed who can get free releases. So you've got to really be on your game at that spot. And so they just really need him um, mm-hmm. to really take a step forward. If he takes a step forward, you can feel good about corner. If he doesn't, it's going to be a big, big, weak spot of the defense again. And that's not something they really need because they're playing some good quarterbacks this year, Nick. They played some good ones last year, and they got – that was, their yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was three losses yeah and they they were the three <laughs> losses exactly yeah and yeah, so was... you can't you can't lose to every good quarterback you play again you right. gonna have to beat some of them and that that means you need corners to um cover receivers and make plays on the ball
0: and um our, our friend john hale formerly courier journal now with the hairblader you know his his hot take was yeah that carrington valentine will just be like a derrick Beatty, just a solid guy and if that happens um i and I don't see why not. Brad White's giving me plenty of reason to believe that it's going to be the case. Uh, Valentine has him like physically. If you've seen him from year to year, he looks different. And his redshirt year was a COVID year. That's not really a redshirt year. He got it was a lot of trial by fire this year. So he he's poised, he's teed up for this. Now he just has to make the most of his opportunity. And I think you can say the same thing about Kentucky's defensive line, where similar to the offensive line. That's a I don't want to say a slow cooker, but it takes some time to develop. And especially at nose, Kentucky has they, they've got a nice rotation going where you're in that you're you're backing up for two or three years and you fill in for a former four star guy. You're backing up for two or three years, guy gets drafted, you step on up. That's going to be the case for Justin Rogers and Josiah Hayes at nose, particularly Rodgers, because before there was Keontae Goodwin, it was Justin Rogers. He was the highest ranked commitment signing in the internet era of Kentucky football. And he's going to be asked a lot of this year, now entering his third year. And it doesn't stand out when you watch on the tape, but he actually has some pretty impressive stats through his first two years where he's had done some solid contributing, uh, particularly in the run game. Yeah, uh, that's but where the the, is. But this defensive line in general, we talked a lot about that 2020 recruiting class. Whenever, I remember Rivals had a story. The best defensive line classes in the country was Alabama, Clemson, Kentucky. They had a lot of four and five stars at every position across the board. And now that Josh Paschal's gone, you're going to have every person on that starting defensive line is going to be a 2020 recruiting class signing. And as good as J.J. Weaver is and as good as Jordan Wright are at creating havoc this team was middle, back of the pack in sacks last year in creating those kind of plays because they didn't get enough. You have to get some natural push from that defensive line. Octavius Oxendine, you got to step up. Trayvon Ripka, you had a couple big plays in that Citrus Bowl, but that has to be consistent. And I think this group, like him, they have the physical tools but this is a position that it's a it's a tough daily grind and you they have to mature from 20 to 21 year olds and i don't know about you lucky but i had this moment i remember being you know 1:32 a.m. i had way too much to drink at tin roof and there was like a light went off where you just kind of grow up you know or or it's the next morning after that you have that dumb moment where you realize like okay there's a big difference between being 20 and 21 and you, this needs to be the case for these juniors. You have to grow up for being the the kid who's there for the fun and the to, to in the adult that that treats this like work every single day. Oh, yeah,
1: those twenty twenty guys. The draft window starts now. It's year three. Mm-hmm. They're they're officially in. They're a draftable prospect now, officially. Um, so you really got to turn it on for me at that position, like Nick. I. I think this team's going to be pretty solid against the run. Like they've got size on the defensive line. <laughs> they're going to be able to hold up well. Um, the linebacker position is really good. Weaver and Wright, both good edge setters in the run game. I think they're against the run. As long as they can, they have a safety that can come down and fill, that's where I think Jalen Geiger's really got to – that's where he really needs to take over for Corker. Um, because we know, I don't think – we kind of well know that Asian, that's not a real strength for him. Tyrell Asian there, the other safety spot. He needs to be more of your deep safety. Mm-hmm. You need, but – and you need Geiger to be more kind of that that alley filler. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, I think the run defense is going to be fine. I'm not really super worried about that. Uh, Rodgers, I know, can play, um, can fit the run. I, I know I think Ox can do. I think he really – that was a big worry last year, and I think he showed against Florida. Yeah, you turn on juice. the Florida tape, you can yeah. see it. You turn on the LSU tape, you can see it. him. Um, big body in some SEC offensive tackles. And taking on double teams, but to me, like it's all comes down to the pass rush. Like the way Kentucky plays defense, you just got to be able to rush the passer. Like for them to be a top fifteen, top twenty unit, they have to be able to get consistent pressure. Um, so f- with that, where do you, where does the pass rush come from? I think we think Weaver and Wright can be a pretty good duo, but I don't think they're Josh Allen. Yeah. And so you got to have some help here. And so who can create? an organic pass rush in that normal four down front when you slide Weaver um, as an outside rusher. So the other three guys, um, I think Josiah Hayes has some potential as yep. an interior rusher. Um, and Ohio State transfer Darian Henry Young is obviously the big one. Yeah. If he can become kind of a situational rusher for you, um, he's got a lot of length. That was, you know, he was a big time recruit out of Cincinnati. If he can become that um, and give you kind of a, uh, a situational pass rusher there, uh, it's maybe slide down, maybe as a three tech. That's that's where it's going to come from. They really need the pass rush to really take a step forward. Now, and it took a step forward last year, Nick. Like if you remember twenty twenty, the pass rush was just bad. It I mean, bad. Kentucky yeah. Kentucky was a good pass rush away from having a legitimate, I think, top twenty, top fifteen defense that year because they had an NFL corner and they had Jamin Davis who was cleaning up everything at the second level. Yeah, he just did the pass rush just didn't get home enough, and that was the biggest issue. On that on that defense, and they played three top ten offenses in that 2020 <laughs> season, so that made the numbers look a little worse than what they really should have been stretched out over a full frame. Especially when you consider that Florida and Alabama's offense they saw, uh, which has been two of the better offenses we've seen in the last six seven years in all of college football. Uh, and so that that's really the key, I think, for this defense. And if Kentucky, if the games go like we think they're gonna they're gonna go, Nick,
0: mm-hmm. if
1: Kentucky's going out there and scoring 35 points a night on offense, and they're not doing it. In a tempo game, you know, where possession, there's a lot of possessions or lesser possessions, it takes a lot of pressure off the defense, but it also puts a lot of pressure on the opposing offense where they're going to, these teams might have to get pass heavy. And they're probably not going to be afraid to get pass heavy faced, uh, based on what they saw on tape from Kentucky's defense last year. Yeah.
0: They, they want to get Kentucky out of their base and into a nickel. Yeah. Like that. <laughs>
1: so they have to be able, this front has to be able to create some pressures, um, move well, the inside and, and, of the pocket, uh, make a quarterback uncomfortable. So then that's when their edge rushers can really make an impact on the game if they, if they got an inside push that's really forcing the issue. So they got to have a couple guys step up, I think, and then we get back Hayes and Henry Young,
0: I think, are the two big candidates there. And to your point, Luckett, the, the part that, that I guess slightly worries me is I think that their best rushers aren't your every down guys. They're, it's like a specialty package where you put in Henry Young and you put in Hayes. That's why Octavius Oxendine is so important (laughs) because he was bringing it on a first and second down level. Uh, Whereas, you know, there's probably gonna be some teams that are going to have to throw on UK on first down instead of just the obvious third and eights. You know, you you can't always, you can't only press the passer when it's third and eight. You can't only do that when it's obvious that they're. you have to be able to generate it elsewhere. So I guess that's my, my biggest worry is, is getting it on a down to down basis. Like is Trayvon Ribka going to be able to provide that uh, yeah. if they're just straight drop back, like Josh pascal did. I, you don't have to be Josh Pascoe in year one, but you at least need to move the pocket yeah. some uh, to be able to, to force them to make some errant throws. Because even, you know, successful pass rush isn't always a sack. It's just making that quarterback uncomfortable to where they're not sitting back there all day and hitting their timing routes whenever they want. Uh, yeah, they, um, This is
1: a position that's physically taxing. Mm-hmm. You usually lose
0: guys. Yeah. You Knows no, every year. year the last two years. Well, I mean last year games. they were
1: really unf- it was unfortunate that they lost McCall, Pascal, and Ox. Their their three starters missed games last year. Yeah. I mean that was and that had a lot to do with kind of the defensive slide at the end of the season. But who do you think who's the one guy that they can't afford to lose there on that front? Do you think it's
0: it's Ox? Ox. Yeah. Especially when we saw what Calvin Tavor did and how effective He's a he leader was. of that group too. Yeah, yeah, he's the outspoken leader. His name's Ox for crying out loud, too. He's an absolute North badass. Harden, North a, Harden, North again. Harden episode of eleven personnel. Today. <laughs> Shout out to Coach Thompson for really filling up Kentucky's coffers, but he's a guy you cannot afford to lose. And it's instead every down aspect. I mean, Calvin Taylor led the SEC in sacks in the regular season back in 2019, and it's because he was able to do it on a down-to-down basis. And, and not only just from the pass rush perspective, knocking the balls down, and that dude. He carries weight better than any person. I, I mean, we, we saw him at camp this summer, and they're like, yeah, he's 275. I'm like, he looks 235. Yeah. That dude is – he, both. he's an ox. Both, both him and Trayvon Ripka
1: lost a good amount of weight. You have to think that's by design. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of thinking that's to get the pass rush. And you just saw Calvin Taylor's recruiting bio. It's not much of a recruiting bio. That was No, a, no. That is the recruit and develop – <laughs> blueprint right there for Kentucky. So, if, whenever we sure. get on here and uh, maybe don't see it with a little three star. That's what they're gonna throw in our face every time. <laughs> Look at that, no picture, six nine two ninety five coming out. Basketball player.
0: Yeah, I think his other offer was like Augusta Georgia Christian. Southern or something. Yeah, I mean, T- a Temple.
1: I think I think they beat out
0: um, Temple Tough there for Calvin. <laughs> oh, okay. Look, well, we we have touched on some impact freshmen. We don't need to run through the game again on Barry and Brown, Dane Key, Keontae Goodwin. We know their significance. Are there any other impact freshmen that like, okay, I could see this guy playing in bits and spurts. If there's an injury to Rodgers or um, Hayes, I think Deion Walker is going to play at nose.
1: And I think he could be a, a situation where you get into October mm-hmm. maybe, and you know, you're getting through the rigors of an SEC schedule, you need him to come in and play some snaps, even if he keeps a redshirt year. So it could be similar to Khalil Saunders last year. Yeah. Or he plays in the big moments for you. So he's a guy I would keep an eye on. Um, Kobe Albert and uh, Alex Safari are obviously two big ones on defense. I think they could help you mm-hmm. somewhere if you needed to. I would be surprised if Kobe Albert is Tyrell Asian's backup when we open the season. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he plays most of the year because I think he could be the starter there next year in 2023. It's kind of your deep safety, deep post safety, um your coverage safety there in
0: the back end. And I, I'm I'm looking at Keaton Wade too because he's very polished. Um not only from he knows his stuff to to for a lack of better term. Um and especially when it comes to the pass rush or excuse me, the pass coverage fits and things like that. Jordan Wright has it. Durability has been an issue with him throughout his career, so I think Wade can make an impact on defense, and then more so offensively. Where Jordan Anthony's going to get here late, but he's another guy that's just so fast. How do you, how do you keep a world class athlete like Jordan Anthony off the field? Like just run a go route, just go run straight. (laughs) You know, like there's going to be opportunities. I think there for him as well. Yeah, and
1: I think most overall, they're, like they got a really good class. They're going to be able to redshirt a lot of these guys, keep them that blueprint mm-hmm. that they want, Nick. So that I think that's important um, as you kind of like space out your roster here, um, because this is the second class in a row where these guys don't have the COVID year. Twenty twenty one class and twenty twenty two class do not have the COVID year, and so it's going to be a typical timeline here for these players. Um, so you have to keep that in mind when making redshirt decisions and all of that. Um, you don't necessarily have to have to use that um, because you can use it later in, in their in their career. So I think you know that you show this Kentucky's roster strength where they're at that they're able to to put some of these talented players on the back burner for a little bit and let them physically develop. The one thing I do worry about at that edge spot is that's just really hard for a true freshman to come in and do anything there. Like you've got to be a total freak show usually to really make an impact at that spot. Um, And obviously, Kentucky doesn't have a backup outside of Wright and Weaver other than a true freshman. Um, I think Wade's probably the most likely one to play this year. Um, But, I I mean, my expectations are not – I wouldn't say the bar is very high. Um, And if an injury happened there, I think you would see, Nick, they would just get more sub-package. You would see a lot more nickel.
0: That's a good point too, Luckett. Um, All right, Luckett, let's put a bow on our fall camp preview. Who's going to be the real MVP? There's always one guy that about – August twenty sixth, twenty second. Isaiah Cummings was the winner last year. We 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 keep we keep talking about this. We keep talking about this guy. So who'd you say was the guy last year? Cummings last year. Yep. Yep. David
1: Bouvier in twenty eighteen sticks out. Mm Twenty nineteen TJ Carter. Twenty twenty was weird because it was
0: COVID. Yeah, camp
1: stuff was different. But yeah, and then I would say, wouldn't you say Cummings? It was either him or maybe Eli Cox.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, especially with the position change. I, I think ultimately though, it's it's going to be in that running back room. And I'm confident that Jaton McClain the you know, Liam Cohen during his time here, he didn't mince many punches with us, but you could tell that he was visibly frustrated. He could not use Jaton McClane or yeah, yes, excuse me, Jaton McClain more last year. Uh particularly in the outside zone stuff, because I think Chris Rodriguez is biggest fault as a player is his inability to quickly read where the holes are, where the cutbacks are on that outside zone. Rich Scangarello strikes me as somebody who's going to be a lot more stubborn when it comes to running this stuff. He He's going to be a lot more reliant. Cohen was much quicker to ditch it, but I think they're going to lean on McLean a lot to run outside zone, um, and not only to run outside zone, but to, to catch passes. It's something they try with Smoke. But smoke just doesn't have the the skill set really for it. McLean's got it. Uh McLean does a little bit of everything. And I, I think he's gonna be one of Rich Scangarello's favorite pieces. But the only thing, the only reason why I'm worried about losing this locket, I think they're gonna try to pump the brakes on him. They're they do not want people to know about it. Yeah. I think they're gonna try to keep their lips sealed so people don't have number thirteen circled on their scouting reports this fall. Number 17. But yeah. Um oh, gosh. That's Anthony. Anthony. Who, is, who
1: is Tavion Robinson's backup at slot? It might be this guy on the screen right here, Jaton McClain. Yeah, like, I think yeah. they're going to split him out and use him a lot in the passing game. Um, I think that's going to be a big part of the offense. For me, I'm also staying in the running back room. I'm just going with someone else here. I just think there's some buzz here with Lavelle Wright, and sticking with our, our North Harden theme here on 11 personnel. I just think he's probably going to be the standout. I think, this fall camp. I think the Nukes coaching staff really likes him. I think he's a scheme fit for what they're trying to do in the running game. He's got some size and some power and to go with some speed. And as we saw with – as we saw Chris Rodriguez and Cavassier both – Cavassier Smoke both break out as redshirt freshmen in 2019, Nick. Um, after flashing in a Louisville game with a big run, I think we see the kind of the same thing with Lavelle Wright. I think he becomes kind of maybe – their second most effective rusher potentially behind, um, Rodriguez. And, uh, like, I think he could maybe take a spot where he enters next year as a starter running back. So I think it could be a big year here for the in-state uh, prospect. Um, I think he dealt uh, – Rich Gandarello said he dealt with some hamstring stuff in the spring, so there was obviously something that limited in him. But even in post-practice stuff, we heard a lot about McLean or Wright, excuse me, when you talk to people – um, he's a guy that seems a lot of people seem to be pretty high on. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a breakthrough from him this season, and he becomes not necessarily like, you know, a star player, but he could have a year maybe like Cummings last year, where it's limited carries, but he's getting in there every mm-hmm. week and he's making some splash plays. Where he maybe he enters year three and maybe that's like the liftoff for him. But I think he's going to become a guy who's going to be maybe a consistent player on the offense who's going to have a really big camp.
0: Well, and I, I've told this story before, but. We'll stay with the North Harden theme of this podcast. When they played my DeSales Colts his junior year, yeah, it'd be his junior year. Um, uh, I was asking my my friend who's assistant on the staff about Ox, like, is this guy the real deal? And he's like, the real deal is the running back Lavelle Wright. Uh, yeah, no, it would he would have been just a sophomore at the time. Yeah, and he was like, the kid not only has the breakaway speed, he's physical in between the tackles, and the thing too that, like uh, it he he has what it takes in between the years and i i know like that that's something i've learned in this job over the last decade i don't care what the stars say what what he runs in the 40 like it takes something up here to be successful on the field on saturdays and i know that i don't know him like i i haven't talked to i haven't spent an extended amount of time on with him um but I've spent enough to know he's a he's a yes sir no sir guy. He's a business guy. He shows up every day for work. If he misses practice, he's hurt. Like, there's a reason. This kid is hungry. He's eager, and I think that's really what's going to help him take that next step as a player. Yeah, I
1: think it's enough, another. Like we talked about, Coach Thompson, his program. I think it's really like it's like these guys he's gotten here. These dudes, I think, love football, and yeah. I think that yeah. shows. Yeah. And. And I think they're all going to have probably a significant role on the team this year. And then I think in 2023, they're all going to have huge roles on the team. So um, North Harden, we've seen them deliver players here all the time. You go back to Andre Woodson's obviously the most famous one, but there's been yeah. countless others. Um, the home of Mark's Mark story. Mark story will tell yeah. you about it anytime <laughs> you want to hear about it. Uh, but, yeah, I think the, all those guys are going to be quality, quality players in Lexington. And I think you'll start to see that with them all this, this season.
0: Well, plenty of coverage at fall camp. Uh, it, it's looking like the rotation is going to be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So not only will we have updates on KentuckySportsRadio.com, we're also going to have a lot more stuff on YouTube this year. Um, But, hey, we've, we've got a ton on the table coming your way. And we've also got to talk football recruiting. The big news from Monday, Grant Godfrey. In a surprising twist, the four-star linebacker announces his commitment to Kentucky, a huge Huge, huge recruiting win. Uh, Look, like this is one of my favorite players in the class, and it, it 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 means even more that it's a nice surprise commitment, and it's one you're pulling the football. You're you're Lucy pulling the football out from underneath the feet of Tennessee. A significant recruiting win from the Atlanta area. Um, I, I, I love this kid. A great win. Kentucky needed to get a linebacker in this class. He does a lot of things that some previous linebackers have done. And uh, it's a big win from Chris Collins, too. Like we, We've talked about he, his ability. He, he's gotten a lot of kids on campus. He sealed close. the deal in the Atlanta right. Metro. A very competitive recruiting area. Huge recruiting win for Kentucky. Yeah, I just want to start off with this, Nick. Like Ohio and Kentucky were a little
1: down this year from a star power standpoint. In the class of 2023. Um, so when that happens, you got to go into other areas and you got to win some four-star recruiting battles. In the past, we've seen Kentucky go into to the DMV, land of Josh Pascal, go to Detroit, land Justin Rogers, land Marquan McCall. But we haven't, like, until really last year, we hadn't really seen them go with the traditional SEC footprint and win four-star recruiting battles. Last year, you saw it with the Wade's you saw it with Barry. Excuse me, Barry and Brown. This year, this is now three Nick in the traditional footprint top 300 players in all within that kind of draft range. You get Grant Godfrey out of Atlanta. You get Avery Stewart out of Alabama, and then you get Wow, wow a Shamar Porter out of Nashville. I mean, those are three big time recruiting wins. You're beating teams. You're going to play on a fall Saturday in the in conference play. Um, on the recruiting trail. You're beating them in their backyard. Kentucky's going down there and getting these types of kids. So that is very significant in that standpoint alone. Anytime Kentucky goes and gets three top 300 players from the traditional SEC front print, that, that's that's great. And that sets you up to potentially have a great class or can pick up the slack if things in your traditional areas may be a little down. Now, on the field, there is some Jamin Davis vibes with Grant Godfrey.
0: Oh, that's exhausting. Oh. Look, at, you are speaking my language because when you watch yeah. him, he's six foot three. Well, you, like you, he's you got to go the length, he goes right. side to side. I you worry a little about pad level at sometimes, but yes. there's one clip in his highlight reel. It's for, it's a goal line situation, and he he does what he needs to get lower. So, I, I, I think the Jamin Davis, I, I don't like putting immediately comparing a four star recruit to an NFL first-round draft pick, but there's a lot of stuff As there. As a player, yeah. You yes. see the athleticism there, uh, but there's also so, some stuff to work on. There's there's a, there's a little bit there that you're like, all right, we might take a year or two to develop, but that's perfect because you got Trevin Wallace in there we're ready to rock and roll. With Jamin coming out of high school,
1: Nick, it was south Georgia. It was a lighter area where Grant Godfrey's playing in the best – region in Atlanta. I mean, well, you could mm-hmm. argue it's the best in the country. I mean, he's playing against uh, Power 5 guys so you're seeing his tape roll. Jamin was, but he had a slender frame but he had athleticism. Jamin was just able to put on 40 pounds in Kentucky and keep all that athleticism. I think from a striking aspect um, with Grant, that that's an area that he needs to improve. He's more of a rap and drag tackler at the moment. and He's not knocking a lot of people backwards, but you can just see some of this movement and you can see in his frame here as Long arms. Nick, he can really move east to west. He's got good change of direction. But you can Mm -hmm. see a player that can end up being 6'2", 235, 240. And if you remember with Davis, they kind of – they played him some at outside linebacker. He played some Sam there for Kentucky for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, Until the light bulb really came on in 2020, and he just became a stud there in the middle of their defense at Mike. Um, But if that – the stuff never happens to Chris Oates. Yeah. You know, that was terrible stuff. Like, Jamin Davis – you know, he probably plays a lot more at kind of a Sam spot. And I think you're going to see similar with Godfrey. They're going to kind of use him um, in both areas. And I think when you look at some of their targets this year, they're looking for guys that can do that, that can play outside, some can play inside, some some of that versatility so they can do different things with their defense. And if they hit on a guy that can really cover, then you don't have to get nickels much. You can play kind of a, a, a hybrid Sam linebacker there that uh, kind of would potentially give you the best of both worlds, both in run fitting and mm-hmm. in, in zone drops.
0: That pass coverage, that read there, I mean, it's just spot on. You don't see him uh, – he, he's good at keeping his outside shoulder free. So there are some little aspects to his game. It's a lot to build on. And this is the kind of prospect that Brad White loves. Like he loves Noah Matthews because yeah. there's just a lot of raw tools mm-hmm. for him to build upon. And that's exactly, exactly what Grant Godfrey's bringing to the table. Uh, the timing of this is great too because, look, at, I know we talked a little bit about the – you were wondering about the four um, – it, re- it really raises the floor yes. of this recruiting class and allows you to to really go after those big fish down the road. So I I'm 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 freaking hyped. Yeah. I mean I love this addition.
1: This is a basketball player too, Nick. So he hasn't spent a lot of time in a legitimate strength mm-hmm. training, like a football strength training program. So he's gonna be able to add weight pretty quickly. Gosh. Comes from a pedigree. His brother just signed That's to play basketball for Clemson. He's gonna be playing his brother RJ will be a freshman true freshman. Um, for Brad Brownell's program there at Clemson this year. He's playing basketball in the ACC. So there's a lot there. I just think, like, I think the, the ceiling's pretty high. Like, you're not recruiting Grant Godfrey as a true freshman. You're recruiting yeah. him as a junior. Yeah. Um. So get going to the body here, you could see him being a, a versatile, um, scheme-flexible linebacker who could play multiple roles and can really bring some speed to the position. So really big recruiting win. Like you said, they beat Tennessee – um, South Carolina was also involved. Louisville was involved. Wake Forest was involved. Um, there's some – like, he's got to mature physically, but you see you Man. see some signs there where Kentucky can bank on their development here with him. Um, and, and three years
0: down the road, he could become a, a really good player uh, for, for, for the program. Grant Godfrey is a Kentucky Wildcat. Love it. Absolutely love it. In other recruiting news, uh, we, we also learned Neil Avery, who plays a similar position, more of an edge. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky was the favorite when he decommitted from Penn State. Uh, but look, it, he went down and visited Ole Miss in the Grove, man. It works its ways. They got a, they got a commitment yeah. from him. Yeah. Uh, spoke with our own Chad Simmons, director
1: of recruiting here with On3. Came down to Kentucky, Ole Miss. Um, but Ole Miss seemed like the clear winner here. Like you said, they got him down, I think, three times. They still have the official visit in their back pocket. And so that—that that's hard to beat. Yep, hard looking Kentucky was close. Last year, Nick, Tyrese Fearbury took an official visit, committed to Penn State. And I think that maybe a similar plan. Brad White's also on Neil Avery. He was on Fearbury. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what kind of years they have, but it seems like he's pretty all in on Ole Miss at the moment. So so a tough loss there. Um, Kentucky made a good run at it. Um, but we're unable to get Avery's another guy who's a basketball player. Yeah got great length and he's more of a, he's a true kind of edge rusher, whereas Godfrey's going to be, I think, end up at off ball uh, mostly, but a nice win there uh, for
0: Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Uh, Elsewhere though, Kentucky might get one final commitment. No, no, actually there's two more that could be on the table and I've got uh, predictions in the on three recruiting prediction machine for each player to to go to Kentucky Uh, four-star defensive lineman, Kendrick Gilbert. We don't know when a decision date might happen. I heard, Leading into last weekend, there's a chance he could unofficially visit. I haven't gotten any confirmation on that since then. Uh, but so that one's out there. But Nikhil uh, Beatron, I always want to call him Bertrand. There's there's only one R, Nikhil Beatron. Well, he's, yeah. Yeah. I've, <laughs> seen, he's that, now I've seen that in the key. Uh, actually, during UK fan day on Saturday. Uh, and, and that one feels like it's Kentucky and Syracuse, which is and an odd he former call. Right. He just took an unofficial to a ms
1: huge kind of yeah. unofficial visit weekend that uh, most everybody in college football had this past weekend. Um mm-hmm. and was calling it their summer pool party. And so we'll have to see what the buzz was out of that. Um, I think, though, I'm not sure he was a take um, going into that trip. I don't know if he is now or not. We'll have yeah. to see. He hasn't taken an official to AM yet. Nope. And so that's going to be – and it, he's already pushed back
0: the announcement once so we'll see what he's happens decommitted there committed from colorado so you know it, there could be uh, some more delaying but um yeah if, we've, if they, we if kentucky can put the squeeze on it though then you you can you can i you put can in
1: that. my i put in a prediction earlier that was because i didn't think that A M visit was going to happen um now that that's happened that i think that changes things so we will have to dig in here this week to see mm-hmm. how it develops um but he's one of the guys that yinzor jumped on early here yeah he, and they wanted a true, I think, tackle. Where I think they have one now with Malachi Wood, uh, but he's more of a development type player. I think they wanted more, a more solid type of a guy who would maybe play a little bit earlier. I um, mean, he's more physically kind of ready at this point in his his uh, recruitment. Um, and B Train's gotten some. You know, Auburn was in on him, even though they liked him a defensive tackle for some strange reason. Um, but A and M is really kind of the big, uh, the big battle right there for Kentucky. And if they miss on him, they're going to need to find probably another tackle prospect somewhere down the line. And if you, our recruiting board at KSR, Nick, there's not really, you know, not a whole lot out there that that I know of right now that Kentucky could potentially get in yeah. on. So that'll be that'll be something interesting to watch as the season kind of progresses. If they lose out on on this Philadelphia guy, another mid Atlantic that guy, guy too, Nick. I mean, they're yeah. really hammering that area, Philadelphia. Um, DC um, up into New
0: Jersey. Mid Atlantic went from the Midwest to the Mid Atlantic. Now Kentucky's there everywhere. Big Blue yep. Nation's everywhere. We're right here on the KSR YouTube channel. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe, rate, review, or wherever you can. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun. Changing things up a little bit like it, but uh, we ain't going nowhere. I, I don't plan to. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh,
1: maybe they are producer trey can put some like makeup on us make us look better on this, <laughs> I, don't, with
0: this trey? I don't think any makeup is going to be helping us at all yeah. but we appreciate trey uh for helping us out behind the scenes this is going to be awesome looking forward to working with him all season long mm-hmm. we're going to have uh stuff not only from media day but also from the open practice saturday details the night you've been released but kentucky fans will get a chance to watch the team saturday morning slash afternoon at the joe craft football training facility we'll be there we'll have or a rapid reaction after we watch the cats practice, and a whole lot more. And Wednesday, media day, yeah.
1: we get gonna... talk to the coaches, coordinators, uh, some of the players. It's always a pretty good event. You can always kind of mm-hmm. get some nice little nuggets there. So we'll we'll see how that develops. May or may not get another update on Chris Rodriguez. We'll see uh, TBD. We'll find out. But another eleven. Long story short, another eleven personnel. is coming soon. Um, yeah. Football season, y'all.
0: Until then, go cats.